When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Noah Strack. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and check out the All Steelers Talk audio collection anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm joined today by the wonderful, incredible, I think I gave you a better intro last time. Writer, analyst for SteelersNow.com, host of Locked on Pit Podcasts, my good friend, Nick Fairbod. Nick, we're here at Latrobe. How are you feeling, my friend? Yeah, we're feeling good today, man. It's a long day, obviously. Uh, out here, it started a little bit cooler, but ended up being pretty hot by the end of it. But the pads were popping, and I'll tell you what, it, it felt good to actually see some physicality out there. And, you know, you're not guessing on all these plays as much anymore, and you're kind of seeing – some realistic things come by. And I think that was really made today a lot more fun than say last week. Yeah, no doubt. Today was the first time that you felt like this was actual football. You got like a little taste of it. I feel like last mm-hmm. week you walked in here and you were like, okay, this is football. I needed football. I was tired of talking about nonsense. Now pads come on. It's real football. It's yes. real football. So before we get into who's impressing, who's not impressing two big headlines, obviously made way first, Kenny Pickett moving above Mason Rudolph as the number two for the day. Mike Tomlin said not to look into it too much. Do you believe him? And what were your thoughts on Pickett taking that jump? I definitely believe him. I think you actually look at what was happening throughout the entirety. Noah is going to let someone in right now. So a little bit of a little bit of a break with Noah gone here but as I was saying with with Kenny welcome back my friend this is what happens when you're live this this is what happens when you're live at you never know what's gonna happen the doors lock at seven as you can see it's 703 so doors are locked here we're still inside Kenny Pickett today was good and and he showcased a lot of what I like Pitt you know I I saw him all all five years of Pitt while he was there and he looked like what I saw in Kenny Pickett especially last year he looked really comfortable really relaxed uh, with the twos and Mason Rudolph looks bad with the threes. Yeah. And, and, and I think that tracks because the offensive line with the threes just has been terrible. I mean, yeah, really the third-team offensive line, Mason Rudolph had the same issue Kenny Pickett had last week, and he had no time to throw the football. So naturally, Mason's decline, it, it showcases there. Kenny rises, and Kenny looked great. But I think that you have to naturally have those ebbs and flows. But the one thing we haven't seen yet and encroached on is – Mitch Trubisky, he's been the, the undisputed number one. We've heard a lot of reports. You know, Peter King talked with Mike Tomlin last week, yep. and, and it's, it sounds like Mitch Trubisky, it, it, this might not be as much of a quarterback competition as we think. It, it might be more about who's the backup uh, because it sounds like right now Mitch Trubisky's got the starting role for the most part down, uh, and I think it's right right now. I think Mitch Trubisky's looked the best out of all three, but, but Kenny definitely looked good today, and if he continues to look the way he did today, uh, I think that Kenny – 
looked better than Mason Rudolph did last week yeah. today. Um, so that's important enough. I think if Kenny Pickett looks like he did today, I think we could be looking at Kenny Pickett potentially being the backup. Oh, yeah. I think that today was the beginning of change. I, there was a lot of misdirection. When you watched Mason Rudolph for the last week, you thought Mason Rudolph looked the most consistent. But it was also a narrative that hid the fact that a lot of his passes were checkdowns. His deep ball accuracy was still very iffy. There were many question marks that he or boxes that he did not check yet. And I think Kenny Pickett still hasn't checked a lot of those, but he gives you more potential. He gives you more upside. It's a more exciting move there. I think Mason at this point, year five, you got to look at him and say, if you're not impressing, we already know what you're going to bring. That wasn't good enough to push Ben out of here earlier than they did. I think at this point, now it's time to start moving back, which I was a big fan of. I like that move mm-hmm. quite a bit. I hope that it stays. Yeah, I, I think that you're going to get the natural. You know, Mason's going to get some days uh, with the ones. I, I mean, twos rather. Yeah. I think you need to give Mason that opportunity because, again, he deserves that. And and with the pads especially, I think he deserves that. And, and Kenny, the thing about Kenny that made him so good today wasn't even – say what he did just in the pocket. It was what he did outside of the pocket. He was able to feel the rush and step up and escape. And he had uh, four or five plays today, Noah, where he got out of the pocket, kept his eyes downfield and fired a laser in there. Uh, One to Miles Boykin was one that stood out. He threw a really nice one to Gunnar Olszewski. Uh, There was one to Jay Sturmberger that probably should have been caught. Uh, That was not his fault that it was incomplete. He looked good today out of structure. That's where he makes his magic happen. Um, And so that's what I really looked at was – Kenny Pickett made stuff happen out of structure when things died down, and that's really where he brought the heat. Uh, in structure, it looked fine. Didn't look, I, I think, impressive enough. Didn't really air it out either. I think his furthest pass is probably about 15 yards today. But yeah. this was a step up miles from what we saw last week from Kenny Pickett. This was easily his best day uh, on an NFL football field. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. This was the best we've seen of Kenny Pickett. What about the rest of them? So we've had a whole week. Pads came on today. Who has impressed you so far at, at training camp here? Well, Miles Jack has to be one of the biggest first <laughs> answers. I mean, this guy was – listen, uh, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, they'll do their thing, and and we know what they're going to be. Uh, but but this guy was the best defender on the field today. I mean, we're talking about a guy that wrecked the run game, yep. was great in backs on backers, uh, made a pass breakup in seven shots. He's done everything you ask of him. And, and you remember on Saturday how good he was in coverage there. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy that went into those coverage drills too. He did both one-on-ones today. He was in the coverage drills, and then he came over to backs on backers and just ate Derek Watt's lunch. We're talking about a bull rush that put Derek <laughs> Watt on his back. Uh, Miles Jack has been phenomenal at camp. He looks smart. Uh, he looks ready to go. I think Miles Jack has to be a big name here to watch because this guy is really talented you can see the athleticism had a bit of a down year but you knew what he was before we're talking one of the best linebackers in the nfl so i think he's one of the guys i think you know the one guy maybe you and i didn't expect to to do this but but jalen warren let's talk about jalen warren undrafted free agent out of oklahoma state you know he was intriguing when they signed him based on his athletic profile we saw him in minicamp and you could see this guy has a unique frame and, yep. and you know, Doug Martin-esque or Maurice Jones Drewish, that type of frame, right? He's like 5'9, 215, but he's all muscle. I mean, he is jacked. Yep. Um, so he is a guy that is super strong and 
and has that natural leverage. He was phenomenal in the backs on backers drill, the best running back by my measure. Um, so much so that he got a rep, two reps actually against Roberts Blaine. I'd say he won both of those reps. Oh, yeah. Um, so Jalen Warren was great, and then you came to the running session. He made a few really nice cuts. Uh, he he bulldozed Trey Norwood in the whole one run that I thought was really impressive. Hard runner and Miles Jack just diffused praise for Jalen Warren. So they really like Jalen Warren. Uh, and Mike, I think Mike Tomlin is starting to take a liking to Jalen Warren too. We have someone to look at here if, in a running back three competition. We've talked about that, the running back two competition. Jalen Warren is the sleeper here. If he keeps this up, he's going to make a name for himself and potentially might make his way onto this 53-man roster. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a dude who – I thought Mateo Durant looked like the more natural runner during minicamp before you put pads on. Jalen Warren has come in here and impressed me pretty much every stage of the way. His backs on backers is when it broke out. That's when things got real because you want to see that. You want to see – how can you protect the quarterback? That's something that Benny Snell Jr., I mean, we've talked about it. As much criticism as Benny Snell gets, he is an excellent run blocker, and that is what keeps him relevant season after season. Jalen Warren came in here, showed he could do the same thing. You're dead on. He had two or three great runs that I thought were just really powerful runs, especially when you're playing with that second-string offensive line that's pretty rough. You make, a, you make a move, you make a cut, and you burst your way through four or five-yard game. That's impressive. Jalen Warren's a guy. Do you think he could beat out Anthony McFarlane, or do you think that they possibly keep four? I think he could do it. Uh, I, listen, Benny Snell's a special teamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that squad, too. So, really, anything they get else-wise, whether that is a Najee Cuff or, or whatever it might be, it is gravy, right? So, yep. they don't necessarily need another special teamer because Benny Snell – I don't care if he's the running back two or not. Yeah. He's going to make the squad because he's a really quality special teamer. So he will make the squad. The question is going to be who's going to be the more consistent receiver, the pass blocker, or the runner. Anthony McFarlane thus far, he's he's been okay. Uh, nothing crazy. Mateo Duran has been a natural runner, but wasn't very good in backs on backers. No, no. Not, not a super great receiver. Jeremy McNichols, I think – is a really well-rounded running back. I like Jeremy McNichols to maybe take that role, but now nursing a shoulder injury, and, and that's going to hurt his chances. So yep. when we look at Jalen Warren right now, and it's going to have to translate to preseason games and obviously more padded practices, this is a good start, though, for Jalen Warren. And, and obviously the path is there for him to make this squad. Yeah, I, and I think that so Najee Harris obviously went down left early with an injury today. I don't expect that to be anything serious, but what I do expect is that to end his time in Latrobe. If anything, it'll be very minimal reps, but you're not going to see a lot of Najee taking contact from here on out. That would be my guess. That opens up a door for Jalen Sand or for Jalen Warren to not only take maybe team two and team three reps, but possibly work his way into taking team one reps just to see how he works. Another name that I think has stood out to me that might be flying a little bit under the radar. Obviously, there's George Pickens, there's Calvin Austin. Those two have really sparked a lot of interest. I think Miles Boykin is having a pretty solid camp. Started a little slow, but I think since then has really somewhat impressed the last two or three days. I'll say this. I think the first three days he'd be one of the losers of camp. Yeah, I agree. Um, he had – on Thursday and Friday, he had a few deep balls where he just didn't track them right or – he, he didn't stack the DB, and he let them back into his frame. Kenny Pickett uncooked beautiful deep on Friday. Boykin should have caught Chris Steele, got back into his frame because he didn't stack it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I think he's had two really good days. Had a nice skinny post on Saturday. Today made a few really nice catches. 
he's a guy that that is interesting. I, I think though that he's probably still on that outside looking in right now. Um, when we look at the receiver room, just because another guy that's been so consistently good, and, yep. and again, he was today, Anthony Miller. Um, he's really making a nice name for himself in this competition, not only as a guy that could potentially come in and be a decent enough receiver to give them quality depth, but also as a guy that is a veteran leader. He's been really by the side of George Pickens and Calvin Austin all camp, uh, mentoring both of them. Yeah, I agree. I think. Anthony Miller is a guy who came in here. I think he was fighting an uphill battle because he doesn't have the special teams ability. He's not going to win the return job. It was, I need to be a great wide receiver and prove that to, to these coaches. I think he's done that so far. He's worked his way into the first team reps without Deontay and without Chase on the field. That's promising. He has worked well with these rookie guys. I mean, Calvin and George have both mentioned him multiple times. And he's impressed. Like he, he's been consistent. He hasn't dropped open passes. I think overall, he's a guy that you're right. He he is consistent enough where you feel good about him. And I, he's only 27 years old, I believe. He's a former second round pick, and he's spoken plenty of times about how he hopes to show that he could still be that second round pick. If you had to name your five, are you thinking five wide receivers make the team? What would those five be? I I think they end up kicking six. Okay, um, that's just my feeling of where we are right now. Um, those six personally right now that I would see uh, fit would be Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Gunnar Olszewski as the returner, and okay. then Anthony Miller. That's how I feel um, right now. Just because I, I think that you know you get those special teams with Gunnar, yep, um, and you get a electric speed, and then you get quality depth with Anthony Miller, and and then you get a lot of the that value. Right, and then yep. you can throw guys like, say, I don't know, uh, Cody White on the practice squad to, to call up whenever if you need that special teams help, or a Miles Boykin if you want that, uh, if you want that potential of that height, weight, speed guy. Say Claypool's injury is a little more serious than you thought. Uh, I think those six make sense right now. Uh, the only way I, I think that those um, guys don't end up making it at this point uh, that we have seen up to this point is say. They really need a special team, or yeah. if, if you know, maybe two running backs are performing really well, maybe enough to push Benny Snell out, or or someone is pushing Justin Lane for that fifth corner spot, or something like that. Do you see a scenario where Calvin Austin beats out Gunner for the return job? I mean, it's possible, right? He's got that dynamic speed, but it's so tough to project return jobs because so much of it is just the games, the preseason yeah. games. Really, when else are you going to get live return reps? You're no, not going to do not. that in practice. Uh, there's too big of an injury risk to run that in practice. So as long as you're not fumbling the football in practice, that's cool. And Anthony Miller, I think, has to be considered in that possibility too. He's another guy that's True. taken return job uh, duties. Um, so, you know, Gunnar Olszewski, though, we're talking about a guy that was an all-pro yeah. uh, in this. He, but Olszewski's very Ryan Switzerish in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, so we'll see. I think he's a more dynamic returner. But, oh, yeah. Much but, more dynamic player as a yeah, whole. I agree. But but he's got, definitely got some of that uh, dependability thing and, and a great special teamer value with that. Um, so we'll see. I think Calvin Austin could, obviously, if he has you know, a few dynamite returns. But we're not going to see that until the Seahawks come to town on the 13th. Yeah, I agree. I think that if Calvin Austin and Derek – said this in his 53-man projection today, that if 
Calvin Austin takes a punt to the house, which he predicted he does, then that's enough to push him over the edge. I think that's true, and I think that's a possibility. Calvin Austin it is as flashy as it comes as a return or as just a player. And if he sparks something, I think that it's going to be very difficult to say, why would we not put this rookie back here? It's not like we're utilizing him on every single play on offense. Uh, question in the chat here. Got to know how the linebackers did today. What are your analysis of the linebackers? You said a little bit about Miles yeah. Jack. What about what have you seen from Devin Bush? That's a big one. Bush was not good today uh, in that backs on backers drill. Now, now that's not overly surprising because mm-hmm. he's not a guy that's ever been a great blitzer or or a guy that's necessarily been able to shed blocks very well. So in a one on one setting, I'm not really expecting Devin Bush to be a bastion there uh, or even that great in that role. But he hasn't really made many flashy plays. Uh, he's been very quiet. Now he's wearing the green dot right now. Miles Jack yeah. told us that today, which is important, but. I really don't think he's all that impressive thus far this year. He looks very similar to what he did last year. Um, I I don't know if it's the tentativeness or if he's just lost a step from the ACL injury or what. Um, he has looked fine. I wouldn't say he's outright looked bad, but he's not looking great. I think Spillane has made some really nice run stops, and obviously yeah. that's his thing. He's also been picked on in coverage. I was going to so, say. He's... Um, he's been bad in coverage again. He's been – Oh, yeah, you've seen bad plays I, in coverage? I, I have seen bad plays from Spillane coverage. Now, he's made some nice plays there, too, but yeah. that's the roller coaster with Robert Spillane. Uh, in that room, though, you know, you, you have some guys. I think Mark Robinson had a really nice day today. Um, he's a guy that is old-school thumper in that regard. Um, so I like Mark Robinson and what he brings to the table. Buddy Johnson had some nice reps yeah, uh, in, in backs on backers that I really liked. Um, haven't seen a ton of him yet in the team periods. Um, has he's kind of still easing back from that foot injury a little bit that he suffered, um, but he is going to ramp up soon. So I think we'll see him uh, more and more as we get to that point. So I, I'm interested to see if this linebacker room works. But I then tell you this might I think this is probably my hottest take right now. I think there's a legit competition at the Bucks. Um, I think that Devin Bush and Robert oh, Spillane yeah. are competing for that starting job, and I don't think people are talking about that enough. But I think Spillane has a very interesting opportunity here to potentially win that job and be the starter next to Miles Jack. Yeah, I think to add on to that hot take, which I don't even think that that's hot because I think that's a perfect analysis of what's been happening. I think Robert Spillane is going to walk into the season winning that job. I don't think that – I mean, at least – here's my thing. When it's at, it comes to inside linebacker, you don't always have to make plays. You always have to have your presence felt. I don't feel as if I felt Devin Bush's presence on the field at all. You've noticed Robert Spillane at times. You've watched plays and said, oh, that was a good play by Robert Spillane. There's also been bad ones, no doubt, but you understand that he's in the game. Same with Miles Jack, obviously. When Mark Robinson's in there, you're seeing Mark Robinson in there. I just I don't I don't feel that with Devin Bush. And I think that right now that's a huge concern for people who are hoping that Bush bounces back. I think Robert, but at the same time, I don't think it's a downfall if Robert Spillane starts. I think he's a quality inside linebacker. I'm not a huge Robert Spillane fan just because, listen, it's nice to have old school thumpers, but I think he's very much a, and I really believe this, I think he is very much a two down linebacker. I just don't trust him in coverage. I don't. He's he's a little too tight-hipped. Uh, for my liking, he's not super mobile in that regard. And in this day and age, I as a as a football team, I would like to have two miles jacks. That's oh, yeah. what I would like. Uh, I want a guy that 
can go out and cover a player. And, and you know, people always loathe this. Why the heck do the Steelers put their their linebackers on receivers, right? The issue isn't always necessarily that the linebackers yeah. on the receiver; it's that the linebackers can't cover, uh, and, and that's been an issue. You know, you think Jonathan Bostic, Mark Barron, uh, these guys aren't good in coverage. I um, mean, Devin Bush isn't either. Um, and so this is this is an issue to think about. I, I think that Robert Spillane is a quality backup in this league, mm-hmm. and I think he can give you those spot starts, right, that you needed. Would I want him to be one of my two starting inside backers heading into this league? Probably not. That's yeah. not where I would, would partially want uh, this to be, just because of his coverage deficiencies. But as a run stuffer, I think he's good. He's very Vince Williams. Yeah, he's got a lot way. of Vince Williams. Um, just a l- little bit less vocal than Vince, but but he's a guy that can definitely stomp you out and play. You n- needs no introduction. We know what he did to Derrick Henry. <laughs> yes, we do remember what he did to Derrick Henry. All right, who else has impressed you or not impressed you here at camp that you don't think we've talked about yet? Well, I think one of the, the really good guys that has impressed me is Dan Moore Jr. And, and listen – this was a guy that I was very interested to see. Uh, he's one of those guys that I don't know what to think of him. After that Miles Garrett game, though, you know, the last game at home when, where mm-hmm. he played really well against Miles Garrett, he played three straight very good games to end the season. Went to Baltimore, was very good in that game, uh, played well overall. So he is a guy that I think really could end up being a, a big stalwart of this offensive line. And I think. This might have been the play of the day, period, on when they were in the red zone. You know, they they run toss crash with Anthony McFarland and Dan Moore is lead blocking. He gets Cam Sutton in his sights and he just depletes <laughs> him. Uh, I mean, it was right in front of me. And 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 you know, he was absolutely great <laughs> in terms of that. His mobility looks good. Uh, he looks strong. He I, like we haven't heard a ton from Alex Highsmith. Uh, no. Not and it's not that Highsmith hasn't been bad, right? Um, Highsmith has been fine. I think Highsmith is going to be a good player for the Steelers. He'll get eight, nine sacks and be productive. Dan Moore's been really good. And, yeah. and that's the thing. We remember last year at training camp where we had to say so many times, Alex Highsmith is dominating Dan Moore. Yeah. Guys, it's the opposite this year. Dan Moore Jr. looks really good. And I was able to talk to him today a little bit after practice. And, and you know, he was talking about how he has made adjustments to his game with his hands and his preparation and, and how he was able to work with Kevin Dotson, James Daniels, and, and all these guys over the offseason and, and learn different things and how he kind of refined his prospect process and, and got advice from, from one Trent Williams. Really? Um, yeah, he got some advice from Trent Williams of the 49ers. So, you know, that is something that, that I think is really helping. He's yeah. a guy that I I would put – if you ask me right now, and I tweeted this out earlier, if you ask me out of the year three, year two guys, well, who's going to have the breakout? And we're we're going to exclude guys like Najee and yeah. Fryer, who I, I would consider already broken out. Yeah. I would say Dan Moore Jr. Hmm. Dan Moore has definitely impressed, and I think the biggest thing that's impressed, just like you said, like he had that play today, which was, I mean, electric. It had the, the crowd. It had us yelling. And on top of that, like you said, Alex Highsmith – looks good you know you get alex highsmith reps against certain guys and you're like oh that was a good play by alex highsmith but then when it's against dan moore he is he's quiet you don't hear much about i think the offensive line as a whole today showed me that they didn't they weren't perfect but they certainly held their own against this defensive front which i think last year we would have watched and been like oh that's bad but we would have been making excuses like, oh, the defense is just that good. 
I think today Mitchell Trubisky had time to throw the football. There was decent runs. And I, I honestly, I mean, I think James Daniels is a huge factor to that, but I think Dan Moore is the guy that you're going to lean on a lot this season. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers to do a lot of stuff out there. It's, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough balancing act. Cause man, the run periods today, they weren't very good. Uh, no, no, let's, no. let's be real about that. And, and there are some issues with this offensive line. I don't love Mason Cole at center. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know about the left guard situation. Uh, I think today Dotson had that up on uh, Kendrick Green yeah. a little bit uh, in that respect. I think that Chooks is still a very, very big question mark at right tackle. I'm still not sold on him. Um, but I like Dan Moore. I like James Daniels. Uh, if Moore can become a really good left tackle, I don't care what you say, that is a big development because having that position locked down no matter what is a huge advantage for any team that is trying to make it back to playoff contention especially for a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett right Uh, if you're trying to win on a rookie deal having a left tackle that you trust is going to be huge and so I I don't really love the offensive line still Um, I think they weren't very good today personally Um, I think they were better than last year but that's not a big hurdle to clear um so i i definitely am worried about this offensive line but i'm very very optimistic specifically about dan moore yeah i think that overall the biggest thing about the offensive line right now is that you're not hopeful that they're going to get that much better but there's finally pieces last year there were no pieces you were trying to make a reason to be hopeful in Kendrick Green in the future. You were trying to make reasons of why Dan Moore would be hopeful in the future or Kevin Dotson. But like overall, you were like, this is just five guys that they tossed on a football field and hoped that they worked and they didn't work. I think this year you have Dan Moore, you have James Daniels, you possibly have a Kendrick Green or a Kevin Dotson, who, whoever wins that battle. But at bare minimum, you have two guys that you say we could build around. And that's, I mean, you're not going to get, you're not going to go from last to first this season, mm-hmm. but you might go from last to moving up five spots. And like, that's enough, I think, this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all they could really, really hope for. Um, how has Presley Harvin looked? Any improvements? My, my thing on Presley Harvin is, Everything that he went through last year, you're a punter. Your game is 90% mental. And to do to go through what he went through last year, I mean, it's really hard to judge his performance and say, oh, well, you know, he doesn't deserve a roster spot. I think that this year, as long as he stays in a good mental space, which I expect him to, like it should instantly be better. Yeah, and, and as for how he's looked right now um... – Really, uh, there's nothing to say because we haven't had a live punting period yet. Um, and, and so that that's certainly uh, something to think about. Now, we have a semi-live punting period on Saturday where the guys actually did get to fire off some punts. And Presley definitely had some nice punts. Um, yep. They hung up there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, don't, I didn't track hang time or, or distance or anything, but I thought he looked solid. Um, and, and again, you know, it's, we do have a bit of a punter battle here. I mean, they do have a backup punter here. Cameron Elysiac is here. Um, so yeah. if he pushed him enough, it's not like that couldn't be a thing. But Yeah, but he punted a ball into the stands. Yes, he did. He shanked one. <laughs> um, so that wasn't great for his first live session. But again, we, we need to see more live punting sessions here uh, to really feel out Presley Harvin this year. But I guess for the first very limited view, looked fine. 
I agree. I think Presley Harvin is a guy that that's going to be totally, totally okay this season. Um, before we head out here, second best running back. This is a good question, actually. If you were to pick the second best running back performance-wise right now, who would you pick? Tough one because Jalen Warren's, I think, performance is, is kind of isolated to today because yeah. his 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 game popped with the pads on, and we really didn't get to see that. Um, I think right now you have to say it's Benny Snell. Yeah. Um, I, I really do. Now, McNichols has had kind of here and there flashes, but one, he's learning the playbook, so they haven't thrown him into the fire just yet, and two, yep. now he's hurt. Um, so that's an issue. Anthony McFarland has been very good. Um, and Mateo Durant has had ups and downs. Natural glee, talented runner, yes, all around been an issue. Benny Snell has still given you what you think of Benny Snell. Yeah, he he doesn't have great burst. Yeah, you know, Benny does lack some of those athletic gifts. But he's a guy that has consistently maximized what he possibly can, right? Yep. Like everything that Benny can do, he has maximized. And He's a good pass blocker. He's got decent hands. He's not going to be overly dynamic when he makes the right reads. He made a really nice lateral cut today that I thought was uh, some really good stuff from, from Benny Snell. And, and you're always going to get dependable special teams work from him. So mm-hmm. he's a workman type of, of player. So he's a busy bee. And so you take those players. You need those players in order to succeed as a football team. And, and that's kind of my view of Benny Snell. I think he's the second running back right now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's got to be Benny Snell until proven otherwise. Jalen Warren, I think, has an opportunity to show that he has upside to be a number two runner. But, I, I mean, at this point, you can't – it's going to take a lot to upseat. It's going to take – Benny Snell. It's going to take – until training camp is over. And that is the 18th, yeah. the last day here. We're about two weeks away from that, two and a half weeks away from the last day of camp. It's going to take that – it's going to take good preseason games against Seattle, in Jacksonville, against Detroit. Um, so that's the thing. Uh, that's the thing about Jalen Warren is this can't be a one-off. If we, now, if we're talking about yeah. Warren, say, three, four weeks from now, and, and you know it's it's after the last game here at, at Agriculture Stadium, uh, we are then going to have a discussion about maybe him being the running back too, but we need more. It's just too early to jump to the, not being Benny Snow. Yeah, I 100% agree. So just to answer these quick ones before we head out, how did Durant run the ball and pads? I thought he ran fine, but nothing flashy. Looked pretty much the same mm-hmm. as he usually does. It's not the running the football that concerns anybody. It's the rest of it. He can't pass block as of what we've seen right now. He's got to be able to catch the ball consistently. And, like, it's not that he hasn't caught the ball consistently, but he's got to make plays when he catches the ball. That's tough with the third t- team. I get that. But overall, I would say less than impressive. Yeah, and, and also doesn't – really offer a ton of special teams versatility, no. which is also something. So uh, I think you he looks naturally fun running, um, makes some really nice dynamic cuts, but he's not as good of an all-around guy. Um, and then one more. Who would you say the number three outside linebacker is? Um, I would say the big thing here is I was nervous about Jannard Avery, impressed with what he did today. He was a four and zero by my count and backs on backers today, yeah. and that was was really impressive. I thought he looked good uh, overall. He he's he's got some real explosiveness off the edge, and his resume speaks for it. Now he hasn't gotten a ton of pass rushing reps yep. outside of his rookie year, and they need that. Uh, they need that more, and so I think this is a guy that is probably going to be the outside linebacker three, yep. um, and you know. 
Derek Tuska hasn't really done a ton. No, he looked terrible today. Yeah, he did. Um, I think Delonte Scott made some noise today, which was, which was fun. Tuzar Skipper got his his lunch handed to him to a degree today. Um, T.D. Moultrie had a strip sack on Saturday, so that's interesting. But, uh, again, there's just guys in that room that don't stick out like Tuzar Avery stuck out today. Yep, I totally agree on that one. All right, guys, before we head out here, Najee Harris got hurt. Mike Tomlin said that as of this point, it's nothing to be concerned about. I think we'll be fine. Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, Minka Fitzpatrick continue to miss time, but none of those seem to be super serious. I would expect very limited, uh, I would say, participation over the next two weeks. Um, and besides that, everybody else seems pretty good to go. And before we head out here, will Noah cut his beard again? Hopefully not. There's probably a high possibility that I walk into the season with a mustache. That's all we got going on today. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and check out one of Nick's two Twitter pages. It's both Nick Farabaugh, am I correct? Nick underscore Farabaugh, Farabaugh, yes, sir. Yep, check them both out. Check them out at Steelers doc, SteelersNow.com and on the Locked on Pit podcast. Me and Steven will be back tomorrow. Me and Donnie will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy your night. Peace.